0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Tamika Peters, president and CEO of Grow Your Nonprofit. We will help startups, small and stagnant nonprofits grow through fundraising strategies, strategic planning, and so much more. Guys, today you're in for a treat. I have Pace Center for Girls, both Lee and Collier Counties. Sharon, she is with Collier County. She's the development manager. And we have Margo. She's also the development manager with Lee County Pace Center for Girls. But before we get started, I'd like to thank the sponsors of my podcast. Hodges University with a campus in Fort Myers. Stay near. Go far. They change lives for the better. Trinity Life Foundation Naples. Helping at-risk youth through their enrichment program. AVID. That stands for the Associations of Haitians Living Abroad. They just opened an amazing support center right here in the beautiful Fort Myers where they would help you with immigration support, utility billing, English as a second language, and so much more. Last but not least, Fax Truth. They received a grant from the CDC to raise awareness of COVID 19 and vaccine resources in the Black and Brown communities. So, guys, like I said, Sharon and Margot, how are you
1: guys <laughs> doing, ladies? Doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having us today. Thank you so much
0: for taking the time out of your busy schedule, especially driving from Collier <laughs> County, Sharon. I, I know I lived in Collier County 15 years and it, it is quite a hike, but it's worth the, it was worth it, right?
1: It is. I love coming back to Fort Myers. I used to live here, okay. so it's nice to come back every once in a while. That's
0: wonderful. And I really have to thank Margot. She had the longest <laughs> trek over here. It took her all of, what, 45 seconds to yeah. get here?
2: Across the street, basically. Yeah, yeah. So
0: she's one of our amazing neighbors here on Evans Avenue. So that is so great. So thank you, ladies, so much for being here. I know um, the nonprofit world can be very challenging with, with staffing and And uh, fulfilling our mission So thank you so much for what you guys do You guys do make a big impact in the community So Pace Center for Girls I saw that the organization has been around Since 1985 And was (laughs) founded in Jacksonville, Florida Which is amazing It's a national organization With over 20 locations throughout the country And I know there may be some talks Of making it a, a global organization Which is really great I also understand that you've helped Probably over 3,000 girls annually and the over 40,000 girls to mm-hmm. date. So right. with that said, let's start with telling our audience a little bit about yourself, Sharon. How did, what's your background and how did you get into the nonprofit world?
1: Yes, thank you. Um, My background is actually varied. Uh, My career history was 30 years in the fashion industry before I um, shifted over to nonprofit work. Um, During the pandemic, it led an opportunity for me to change my career focus. And when I looked at what I wanted to do, it was really about, I saw my resume was as long in doing nonprofit volunteer work as it was doing for-profit work. And I said, now is the time to give back. And I had been partnering with PACE on their events for over 10 years. And it seemed like just a perfect fit. And they had the opportunity. And today actually is my second anniversary with PACE. Oh,
0: congratulations. (laughs) That's so awesome. Yes. Wow.
1: So that's been really a remarkable, you know, obviously there's things to learn, but things to contribute at the same time. And and it's been a wonderful journey meeting people out in the community and then just seeing the transformation that happens with our girls.
0: Wow, that's, that's amazing. So the girls are really fortunate because they not only... Uh, receive your your expertise with, with development and, and helping and raise money for the organization but do you mm-hmm. also give fashion tips?
1: We do have some uh, we just had prom this summer so I was able to to help with the dresses and assorting and I was able to get some community support for hair and makeup and oh, so wow. using some different connections we ha- had an amazing day for the girls and wow. it was our first prom since pam- the pandemic started so it was really a joy time for the girls
0: that sounds like so much fun Margot, would you please share with us your background and how did you become uh, come to get into the nonprofit sector
2: so I was born and raised here in Fort Myers um, and I was actually out of high school, just started working at a, a local bank. I was um, doing mortgages actually wow. and kind of hated it, not going to lie. Wow. Um, and really as I was doing that and out in the community, I was serving on different events and I was actually volunteering at Pace and I just started to realize, I think similar to you, like I just really want to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. I it's It's great being in this corporate world but I really just want to be um, serving the community and being out and involved in helping and giving back and so I just started getting into development and you know knew I had been serving on event committees at the chamber and things like that and so started working at the local school foundation um, and still volunteering at Pace and then it just again was similar to you also just kind of a (laughs) natural fit I had been doing events and helping Mm -hmm. so much around the center already so I just um, yeah came onto the team about five years ago now
0: wow that's 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 really cool yeah Yeah, um, I actually was working in the city of Naples and um, I would always go to networking events. And like you guys, I would serve on mm-hmm. committees and volunteer and volunteer so much. Some of the people in the community, uh, community thought I worked for some of the nonprofits. <laughs> yeah. And when the shelter CEO approached me about a new development position, I'm like, well, I ha- I don't know anything about fundraising. Like, why me? And she was like, you kind of already fundraising. Doing it. And I didn't yeah. realize I was <laughs> doing it because yeah. it was so much fun. So it is fulfilling. So I so. I understand what you guys uh, Mm -hmm. feel because I walked away from FRS and a pension plan and everyone thought I was nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you go work in the nonprofit world? But they don't (laughs) understand. I mean, it it, it feels so good, you know, knowing the work that you're doing, you're changing lives. So that's that's amazing. So I, I like how this interview happened. Our. Our um, our business development person, Grow Your Nonprofit, Kelly Affle, arranged this podcast. She originally reached out to Sharon, and Sharon and I had a conversation about the podcast. And she mentioned, well, do you mind, you know I'm in Collier County, do you mind if our Lee County counterpart comes on? And I was like, that's great. Mm-hmm. So that leads me <laughs> into the, the conversation about collaboration. I think mm-hmm. that's important. I know you guys are... The same organization, however, in different counties, and that could sort of lead to in some mindsets competition. But I know that's not the case. So tell us about the importance of collaboration and how you've seen that has benefit benefited your organization not only just internally because you have mm-hmm. over 24 locations, but also if it you collaborate with other nonprofits or businesses, anyone. Sure.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll start yeah. and Marco, will jump in. Um, so PACE, we are one organization and while we do have the 21 centers in Florida, just because of proximity, it's just a nice um, collaborative environment and we'll um, support each other like right now I have a a car full of period supplies because we got a wonderful donation for those and um, Lee needed some and so we're dropping those off Um, like I mentioned with the prom they had some extra dresses from their prom so our girls were able to utilize some of the dresses from here so and then we you know anytime we have an event I'm always like Margo let's have a conversation (laughs) afterwards so we can (laughs) yeah (laughs) Let's let's brain dump and see what worked, what didn't work. And so that we help each other create more effective uh, fundraiser events as well.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome because I know before we started recording uh, you asked Margot about an upcoming event they're having and that you mm-hmm. wanted to purchase a ticket. And I was like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so cool that we're supporting each other. Margot, can you elaborate on the conversation about the importance of collaboration and how it can benefit your organization?
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I think just beyond us being close in proximity, I, I feel like we're friends. We have a whole group of all the development managers across the state that, oh, wow. you know, we have this group chat where we're like, hey, I'm, I'm, we're getting ready to do a capital campaign. Any ideas? And everybody kind of contributes across the state because, you know, what someone's doing in Jacksonville may be right. totally, you know, different than what we're doing here. And so I think just being friends and communicating all the time just really helps bring fresh new ideas and input into what we're doing. And then you did mention a little bit, too, just even outside of PACE, mm-hmm. you know, one of our, our guiding principles is creating partnerships right and so that is just at the heart of what we do and you know we're all working towards the same collective goal of helping these these young women and these girls um recover from whatever it is they've been facing and so if there's somebody else in the community that can be a part of that journey with us absolutely like let's let's do this let's help the girls mm-hmm. and and make it happen
0: uh-huh. mm-hmm. and, and and you know i i think that does that come from the top because i know if leadership um encourages that 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 makes a huge impact
1: yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. absolutely and that was part of it was great to get everyone together in our development treat Mm -hmm. back in retreat back in june and that was the mantra of the whole thing is you know we want to make sure you all know each other Mm -hmm. so that you can collaborate and benefit from each other's successes Wow. And learn from each other's challenges. I, uh, <laughs> it's not just... It, uh, the failures uh, count yep. just as much. The failures <laughs> exactly. are, are yes. where the lessons
0: are, really. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Real. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: How about collaboration with other nonprofits or other businesses? You mentioned uh, sharing period supplies. Was that the period? Yeah, Alliance, Alliance? for uh,
1: Period. Yeah. Yes, so okay. that's a wonderful collaboration we have, Pan Florida Challenge. We okay. uh, receive food from um, even the Guadalupe Center, people might think that again that might be a um more difficult type of relationship because we're doing things in the same space, but um, we partner with them. It's Thanksgiving um, With our turkeys and providing full meals for our girls families uh, So it can come from a variety of different networks We are hundred percent open to partnering with anyone in that space mm-hmm. I
2: I actually think the way that it came about that you are dropping off supplies me is a perfect example of that collaboration mm-hmm. because I was looking for those for our center. Mm -hmm. I saw the Pace Collier logo on the Period Alliance website, and I'm like, let me just check in with Sharon and see. She says, yes, actually we have an overabundance of supplies i'm gonna see you in a couple weeks i'll bring them and so it, it that is like yeah. the amount of times that that happens yeah. you know where it's just like hey congrats saw your logo hey saw you you know lee is doing xyz and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's just year-round mm-hmm. yeah
0: so so if an if a organization isn't collaborating what are some of the first steps they could take in order to start collaborating with other nonprofits and for-profit businesses
1: I think sitting down and having the conversation, a lot of the nonprofits that I've interacted with have, I've met at networking events. So most of the time, you're not going to be the only nonprofit there. Right. Uh, volunteer Expos is another one. The Naples Chamber does a big volunteer expo every November. Yeah. And, you know, it's going around and saying, hey, what do you do? How do you, you know, how can we partner?
0: I like that. I like that. That's that's very good. The Volunteer Expo, I know that's coming up in November. Mm-hmm. It's still at the Coastal Center it Mall. Is. Yep. Okay, that's very
1: November eighth. So we'll be there.
0: So you guys hear that? <laughs> November eighth. That's an opportunity for nonprofits mm-hmm. to collaborate at the uh, expo in Collier County at the Coastland Center Mall, mm-hmm. and just um, like uh, Margot and Sharon mentioned, just. Me, introduce yourself. Yes. Don't be scared. Not everyone has a competitive mindset, and if they do, mm-hmm. then you know maybe go to the next organization, and and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, so with that said, um, you mentioned Margot. Margot, uh, you have nine core principles, and then the, the principle to create partnerships. That's uh, number eight. So another um, core principle I really like was number nine: invest in the future. What does that mean for Pace Center for Girls?
2: You- <laughs> okay. I mean, I can tell you what I think it means to me. Everything we're doing with our girls is is investing in their futures and helping because when our girls can be successful when they can go on to graduate and you know go to college go to vocational school the whole community benefits yeah right and so they are so many of them probably most of them are staying right here locally they're becoming the next bankers and Mm -hmm. you know teachers and so many of them even want to come back and work at pace or they want to be a therapist or you know Mm yes social worker and so you know that's it's it's investing in their future it's investing in the future of our community Mm -hmm. of you know everybody even their families so many of them are breaking generational Mm -hmm. you know poverty and and these cycles that that they have faced for for many generations and so it's it's you know changing the future for for that girl to start and and this ripple effect of you know their families and friends and peers and the
1: whole community yeah I agree (laughs) a hundred percent I think that's
0: very important in Southwest Florida because a lot of people Maybe get educated and they go away, and all that—that's mm-hmm. all lost talent, lost capital. Mm-hmm. So I know that's one of FGCU's model is to, to try and keep them here and get them involved with internships and eventually mm-hmm. hired with the companies, so that we can continue organically growing our economy here. And we know it has grown since COVID, which was a real surprise—that mm-hmm. um, it, it grew. And we thought things were really things did shut down, but it actually. It increased property values and people learned they could ro- work remotely and moved here. So, with that said, how was Pace Center for Girls able to overcome the challenge of COVID nineteen? We were shut down because I know a lot of nonprofits had events planned; those had to be shut down. Um, some nonprofits were savvy; they had the virtual events. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of my clients I work with; they actually raise more money during the virtual events because mm-hmm. you know we don't have that those expenses related. So. Can you guys share with us how you guys were able to overcome um, COVID and the slowdown and still communicating with your donors to be stay sustainable in serving your, your participants. Mm-hmm.
1: I think a lot of that is revolving around the relationships mm-hmm. um, and relationships before COVID. It was not about just the relationships right. that happened within COVID. And it, people understood what we were going through, understood what our girls were going through during COVID times. And it was so hard on the girls and the way that they were learning. And so everybody could identify with the struggles that were happening and so reaching out to our key partners and our key relationships we were able to um, solicit the same. I think um, it was right before I was hired but we had to cancel our Believing in Girls luncheon I think weeks before Mm -hmm. um, the event was supposed to happen and so all the sponsors stayed. You know, that was a big um, contribution that really lifted the center and allowed them to to keep functioning at the time. And then another, Collier's Reserve, did a huge fundraiser for us that year, and that was, um, you know, it kept the lights on. It was a wonderful opportunity for to see that liaison without having to be in person right. now. We love being in person, so I'm not gonna say that we don't love the fact that we've been able to hold our in-person events again, uh, but it's the strength of relationships that really catapulted and allowed us to continue. Mm-hmm. I
2: completely agree.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So 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 also we, we mentioned covid, okay, hurricane ian, we know mm-hmm. we're in the the midst of a hurricane season mm-hmm. right now. It's not just these natural disasters, not just the pandemic. I think organizations for profit and and non-profit should always have a uh, Diversified funding so that you say stay sustainable because just like the stock market, things go up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Margot, with that said, we'll specifically talk about Hurricane Ian. How was your organization able to continue communicating with donors and and not losing um, any donors and continuing with your program?
2: Yeah, I. You said it. Diversified funding. I think um, when you were talking, that's I. I thought our COVID changed mm-hmm. changed the landscape of our fundraising, I feel, just at our center at least. Um, we we relied so heavily on events. events that was yeah. just the core of our fundraising model. And COVID changed that. That that you know there was two Two and a half years of just not a full event like we used to do and so um, we've we've really shifted we've got a lot more grant funding um, a lot more corporate partnerships wow. as well Has nice. really grown um, you know just reaching out to people in the community that have a similar even just their business oh we need new laptops let's see what kind of technology companies are out there or cell phones or you know whatever it may be and so just diversifying that and we were so fortunate because after the hurricane our board members the people that are kind of our core supporters were just like how can we help how can we help (laughs) we had we sent an email like the week of you know within days saying We hear you we know you want to (laughs) help you know here's a link to go ahead and donate now we will have a list for you very soon we we did a supply drive just to meet you know those basic needs for our girls but yeah i mean we were just
1: the relationships were there and they were just ready to Mm -hmm. to ask how they could help mm-hmm. and you were so much more significantly hit by yeah, Ian yeah. than we were out in Immokalee mm-hmm. so we're mm-hmm. thankful that uh, mm-hmm. yeah we brushed by that one yes you yeah
0: <laughs> so so you ladies mentioned both mentioned the mindset shift with with COVID as well as Hurricane Ian and but however you you're having the events so tell me how your events are different now and your. are Because you mentioned you also share ideas after an event to learn from, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So how are we making our events in a way uh, where we're being as efficient as possible, maybe some things you did differently than you used to do in the past?
1: I think our events are really celebrating the relationships that we've had. Celebrating the relationships. Because, okay. Instead it, of you just know, party, it's right? not yeah. just a party. It's obviously our, our luncheon highlights the girls, mm-hmm. and it's a really beautiful moment to, to bring the community of Immokalee really into the Naples area so mm-hmm. that people can meet and have conversations uh, with our girls and, and be present. But it's also about, uh, you know, it's not fighting for... Um, people to attend they want to attend because they've been with us uh, you know through the journey so that I think it makes it just one big celebration of everybody getting together I like that
2: yeah intentionality right like so Mm -hmm. our events are a celebration it's like who are we getting here what what is the point of this event it's not just this big party anymore it's like what are we really trying to accomplish with this event and we Mm -hmm. both of both of our centers eliminated some pretty big events through Mm -hmm. covid and you know now it's like let's just focus on mm-hmm. these two or three really big intentional events yeah. each year that mm-hmm. that are gonna drive home the mission right. and and our girls and their stories so mm-hmm. yeah so
0: so before we wrap up I, I, I told you the time goes by so fast. Um, transactional donors, as we know, events. Bring in the transactional donors because of the sponsorships. The sponsorships come with tickets or people have purchased tickets because maybe someone's asked them to purchase tickets. So what does your organization do to turn those transactional donors into lifelong donors? Because I know sometimes after the event, we're happy it's over and we get ready to plan the next event.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's busy for sure. After events, <laughs> uh, making sure we thank our our supporters. That's the first and foremost after an event to Uh, drive home how much we appreciate appreciate them at the end of the day, but we also work to then turn and have them come to the center for a tour, mm-hmm. be involved, and really see a little bit more about uh, the whole scope of what the work that we're doing. I think that's very important. Yeah,
2: we, same, our Pathways to Pace session, it's a monthly tour. We That's like our first step in the door. We invite everyone, and something we started this year is all of those donors who did have maybe a smaller transaction or something we put them on a prospect list Mm -hmm. and we distributed that to our board and so then our board members kind of take ownership of those that they know or have Mm
1: -hmm. that relationship
2: with and say okay let's invite them to a tour let how do we start getting them involved let's get them on an event committee and you know, we kind of put it on our board members a lot, too, to kind of
0: I like that. You know, own
2: that. I like <laughs> yeah. that. I like yeah, that. <laughs> that's great. That's yeah. great
0: because um, having your board members involved and engaged is very important. So before we wrap up, can you please share with us... Um, I guess individually, if someone wanted to reach out to you and donate a million dollars to each of your organizations, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it'll appear on your screen if you'd like to leave your, your name or your website, your telephone number, whatever information you feel comfortable leaving, it'll show up on the screen. Sure. Uh, we'll start
1: with you, Sharon. Sure. So Sharon Tolnay, I'm the development manager for Collier. You can reach me at 239-470-3104. Our Sharon.tolnai, T-O-L-N-A-I at Pacecenter.org. Would love to sit down and have a conversation.
2: Yeah. And Margot Brewster, development manager at PACE Lee. I my cell phone is two three nine four six two. 8068 and email address Brewster at paycenter.org
0: alrighty thank you so much ladies thank you Sharon and Margo for taking the time again out of your busy schedule to bless us with your presence your knowledge at the Grow Your Nonprofit podcast guys you heard it here another actually well one but really two kind of nonprofits. (laughs) you know we got He killed two burns with one stone, Mm -hmm. Um, doing amazing things in the community with with girls, impacting their lives with their nine core principles. Uh, I hope that you learned something about the importance of collaboration, donor engagement, follow-up after your event. And partnerships uh, You saw how they really shifted their mindset After Hurricane Ian and the pandemic With their approach Eliminating some of their events And really appreciating uh, and celebrating Not only the girls they serve But also the donors mm-hmm. And not just having the transactional donors Getting your board members involved In the process And engaged in held, holding them accountable For helping you give, give and leverage your organization So guys, this is Tamika I hope you like and subscribe to my YouTube channel and stay tuned for more Grow Your Nonprofit podcast episodes.